0: Welcome to the Cultivating Calmness Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Vance, and today we're going to talk about boundaries. So you may be hearing a lot about boundaries this time of year because um, we're hitting into the holidays and some holidays have already passed and it's a time where we get together with friends and family. Usually we get together with maybe our extended family or even just our um Uh, families of origin and that can be stressful and setting boundaries with them can be a very important step for your mental health and for just being able to handle those situations in the future so we are gonna talk about boundaries today so thank you for joining me and um, let's talk a little bit about what boundaries are so Uh, Boundaries, I like to describe them as a rule or expectation that you set to protect yourself. So, boundaries are not something that we put in place for other people. They are things that we put in place for ourselves. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that means here as we go through this podcast today and this episode, um, I'm going to give you a few different examples. I'm a visual person, so hopefully some of the visuals that I have for you today are helpful. Um, and if you are watching, um, I don't really have a lot to show you, but in just describing them, you can picture those things maybe in your head. Um, and those may prove to be effective for you in understanding how, um, Boundaries can work in your life. Um, so before we get too much further, I have a little handout that I found when I was looking up some more information on how I could talk to, uh, talk to you about boundaries today. And this was from therapist dot uh, com and they have a lot of good resources and this one being on boundaries. So this is about personal boundaries and they describe three different types of boundaries that we can have or, um, traits of different boundaries that we have so we have healthy boundaries we have porous boundaries like something with a lot of holes in it and rigid boundaries so we kind of have the extremes and then we have the you know in the middle And so we can have um, boundaries that span all of those categories, or we can have all really good healthy boundaries. I would say most people kind of span, you know, and cover the different types of boundaries depending on uh, where you are. So the examples they give is that you may be, have healthy boundaries at work, but porous boundaries with your romantic relationships and maybe a mix of all three when it comes to your family, right? So in different parts of your life, you may do different things in regards to the boundaries that you set. And that may or may not be good for you. It just really depends. So at this time of year, I have been talking with most of my clients about boundaries. I've had conversations with friends um, and even just thinking about them myself in my life and how to incorporate things into my life, boundaries in my life that help me and are going to help um, you feel more stable to feel more at ease and at peace with your decision. Uh, although that may be difficult, and we can get to that a little bit later. So um, you know, setting these types of boundaries will be helpful for you. So healthy boundaries are where you value your own opinion over the opinions of others. Uh, you don't compromise your values for other people's values. You share personal information in an appropriate way, meaning you don't overshare or undershare. You know um, your personal wants and needs and you can communicate those effectively. And you're, you can accept when other people say no. So that is a person that has healthy boundaries. If you're somebody who has porous boundaries or maybe some unhealthy boundaries, you maybe are somebody who overshares. And so maybe that's like, you feel comfortable sharing a lot of information, but then maybe a little bit later you think about it and you're like, ooh, maybe I shared too much um you have a difficult time saying no to other people so when other people have requests of you or ask you to do something go somewhere do something you always say yes and then later you regret that you feel overwhelmed you feel like you don't have any time for yourself you know um you regret saying yes but you feel for some reason that you should or you have to say yes um somebody with porous boundaries maybe become over involved in other people's problems i want to solve your problems i want to know what's going on you know include me you maybe are dependent upon the opinions of others you know you feed off of the opinions of others you feel like you need their opinion to be able to do what it is that you want versus only caring about your opinion and what matters to you Uh, maybe somebody with porous boundaries accepts like abuse and disrespect from other people Uh, you know, not necessarily by choice, but because of whatever your life story is, whatever your past traumas and experiences are, lead you to the point where it maybe it's easier. To accept what somebody is giving you, treating you poorly, talking down to you, possibly even hurting you because that is you know safer for you or easy for you than to say no, than to stand up for yourself, than to set limits because maybe those things could get you hurt or could cause more damage in your eyes. Um, or maybe somebody who has porous boundaries, fears, rejection, and if they don't comply or don't do things that other people want, that they will be kind of shunned and pushed away so they do what other people want. then somebody with rigid boundaries would be the complete opposite of all those things so you avoid close relationships and intimacy with other people you are unlikely to ask for help so you can do everything yourself whereas other people take on other things and they don't want to um, these people want to they want to take it all on they have to do it themselves because they can't trust other people maybe to do the things the way that they see them fit or they want to do them Maybe they have very few close relationships with other people, probably because of the other two things that I already mentioned. They can be very protective of personal information. So those would be people who share nothing, maybe. They don't get personal. They don't talk about themselves. Um, Whereas people with porous boundaries share everything and don't know when to stop themselves from sharing something. Um... People who have rigid boundaries may seem very detached. Again, because of the things I already said, because they don't form those close relationships, they don't share personal things, so they seem very standoffish. And maybe they, um, you know, they keep others at a distance and they avoid, to avoid the possibility of being rejected. So if I don't get close to you, then when you reject me, I don't get hurt by that. So it's easier just to keep everybody out there away from me, not get too close, not get too personal, because if I do, something bad's gonna happen. So there's this little sheet um, that has all these spelled out from therapistaid.com. I thought that was kind of helpful to be able to see. Now this doesn't cover everything, uh, but it is a good um, helpful tool if you're looking to understand maybe what kind of boundaries that you have, and if you're looking to change some of your boundaries whether it's now for the holidays or sometime in the future or anytime, it doesn't have to be just for the holidays or just with your family. Um, but, this is the time when it usually comes up because of all the family get togethers and excitement around the holidays. So uh, another way that I like to describe or show boundaries, um, well, that I recently learned. And so I can't take credit for this. This actually came from, uh, my pastor Ken Murphy. And so I can't take any credit for this. Um, but it was a good visual. So, um, imagine having boundaries is like having two hula hoops and I don't have anything. Well, kind of, I'll have two kind of circles here. So if you're watching, um, I have two kind of circles here. They're not the same at all. So I have th- this circle, one hula hoop and another circle here. Um, when you think about a hula hoop, can you control the of another person's hula hoop when they're hulaing? No, <laughs> we can't control their hula hoop. We can only control our hula hoop. So we can control what our hula hoop does, what we let into our hula hoop, what we send out of our hula hoop, how much our hoop overlaps with another person's hoop. So I have two circles here that we're going to pretend are our hula hoops and they will overlap as much or as little as we want them to. So they could completely overlap They could just partially overlap or they could not overlap at all and that is dependent upon you and your boundaries and what you set into place Um, because you cannot control what somebody else does with their hula hoop or in other words like their life choices you may want to but we can't you so we cannot tell somebody what they can and cannot do i mean we can that doesn't mean that they have to follow or they have to listen Um, They're going to ultimately do whatever it is that they want to do. So I cannot tell somebody to, you know, you have to stop drinking. You know, they're going to make that choice, you know, that they're going to stop drinking um, if they choose to do so. But what you can do is you set a limit for yourself. Um, And it's something along the lines of, you know, I am not comfortable with you drinking around my children. Um, And so therefore if I find out or realize that you are intoxicated or are drinking around me and my children, then we're going to leave. So what we did there was we said what we will or will not tolerate. And then we have to stick with it. And so I'll get to that a little bit in a little bit. Um, So we set a boundary is what we will tolerate From what we are going to tolerate, um, and not what, um, what not a limit or you know what we are going to limit the other person doing. So um, the way I like to kind of describe another way to describe boundaries is um, for all the adults and people that drive, it's like a speed limit. So where laws are not exactly like boundaries, they are similar so a law is where like the government or somebody else tells us what we can and cannot do right exactly kind of opposite of what i just said about a boundary um but where it's similar is that let's say you like to speed okay which many people do and you're driving down the freeway and you know you can you know even if you're speeding there's probably cars flying by you um speeding even more than that and there are laws in place that say you cannot speed this is the speed limit but if everybody else is speeding and everybody else is you know going faster you may be more inclined to go faster too and the only way that we realize or we go the speed limit is when is when that is enforced so when we see the police cars sitting on the side of the road and we see people pulled over we are then more likely To then follow the speed limit why because we don't want to get pulled over we don't want to get that ticket we don't want our license taken away etc we don't want to face the consequence therefore we follow the rule um, same as the case where, like, there's probably places in town um, where you live where there's just those roads, those certain certain sections of road where you know that they're highly likely to be an officer around that is ticketing people, or where you're more likely to get caught, and um, so. When that happens, you tend to follow the speed limit in those areas because you know you're more likely to get caught in those areas and so you don't speed, right? Okay, same thing happens with a boundary that maybe somebody has set for you or you've set you know, for somebody. If you are consistent with your consequences, They are more likely to then follow through um, with whatever it is that you've said. You know, in the example that I gave, you know, if it's a you have an issue with maybe a family member drinking and you don't want them around your children, for example, when they're drinking, and you say, if I show up or if you show up to my house and you're intoxicated, I can smell alcohol, right? I will ask you to leave or we will leave well then when it happens which it probably will at some point you have to be willing to follow through with that right they show up they've clearly been drinking you have to be willing to say you know what you're gonna have to leave you're not seeing you know the kids today because i can tell that you've been drinking and even if they argue with you and say no no you're wrong like it was only this or it was only that making excuses nope i'm gonna follow through with what i said if you would like to see them, then you can come over the next time when you're not intoxicated and i would be more than happy to let them um, see you. Otherwise, the answer is no. And that may be hard to do. maybe may be hard to tell somebody no, especially if like that's a parent, for example, or um, you know, a really close loved one. But that is a way that you protect yourself from being upset. Um, oftentimes, these are the types of boundaries where then later you're upset because they were behaving inappropriately, or they were saying things inappropriately. Why? Because they were intoxicated. And, you know, you didn't follow um, the boundary, the rule that you set into place, and you kind of beat yourself up and and it causes a negative outcome for you. And that is why we set boundaries. Um, So when, um, when we set boundaries, the first thing to think about is that it's about you. So when you start, when you start setting a boundary, you want it to be with an I statement, not a you statement. For example, I will not be yelled at. Um, not you're not going to yell at me or treat me that way. Okay. You're not going to tell somebody. You're not going to control their hula hoop. You have to control yours. You're going to talk about what you will not tolerate or what you will not accept. Okay. I will not be talked to or yelled at in that way. Okay. And then you're gonna follow that up with a um, consequence. So if you don't, if you continue to yell at me in this way, then I'm going to leave, or then I'm going to hang up the phone, okay? So if, fill in the blank with whatever the um, uh, boundary was, the I statement, and then the consequence. And then the most difficult part after you do those two things, which can already be difficult, is to follow through, right? So if you're on the phone, for example, and you are having a conversation with somebody who maybe has a history or a tendency to raise their voice or to yell at you or to cuss at you or something, and you're not happy about that, your limit is if you do, you know, if this starts to happen in this conversation, again, an I statement, what I'm not gonna tolerate, I'm not going to tolerate you yelling at me, then I'm going to hang up the phone. So you've already given them the warning. So when they inevitably raise their voice or do the thing you've told them you will not tolerate, you then get to hang up the phone. Now you could warn them. You could say like, okay, you're yelling at me and you can give them a chance if you want to, but you don't have to, cause you've already given them that warning. You okay, you're yelling at me. I'm going to hang up the phone now. And if they continue, right, you hang up the phone and they call back and you don't answer but that's your choice. You can choose to answer. And if they continue to yell, you hang up the phone again. You then are showing them what you will and will not tolerate from them. And so then the ball is in their court, as they say, you've now put the ball in their court. They have the choice to stop yelling and treat you appropriately the way that you want to be treated, or they don't, and you don't talk with them. I think that ends up being the hardest part. Uh, the biggest concern that I get from clients and from other people is like, well, but what if they don't change? Yeah. What if they don't change? That's hard because a lot of times this is about a relationship with somebody. You want the relationship with that person for whatever reason, you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of times as well, their family. Yep. But does that mean that it's okay for them to mistreat you or to talk down to you or to be mean to you or any of the number of things that happen in families um, where there's just a toxic relationship? You don't deserve to be treated like that. Um, And so, it is hard to set limits with families because inevitably you know ultimately the reason you're having this difficulty is because you want some kind of connection with them and it can be hard to still have a connection when they don't understand your boundaries and they feel it's okay to treat you in a negative or or bad way and the only way that they are going to learn that is if you are the one to tell them that so for whatever reason, you know, oftentimes we have lax boundaries or more of those porous boundaries as a protective factor. What I mean by that is that, you know, maybe it was um I have to do things in this way in order to not get yelled at, or in order for this to not get worse. Um, because in the past, if I've said no or if I've set limits or uh anything like that, then things would inevitably get worse for me. So in order to keep the peace. I say yes. In order to keep the peace, I just allow them to talk negative, negatively to me and put me down because if I don't, then other worse things can happen, right? But it doesn't have to be that way. Um, you know if you feel safe enough and you have a way to protect yourself and you're you know um, not uh, for example not living under the roof of somebody who is going to mistreat you and you have the ability to leave um, you know for example like if you are married and you have your own home and your own uh, family and you go to your parents house and they have they have this toxic relationship with you like you have the ability to leave right, then it may be safer for you, for example, to set that limit with them, to say, no, you know what, you're not going to talk to me that way or treat me this way, because I will leave. And then when they do, you leave, and they're not going to be happy about it, right? You've gotten to this point where you've had to do these things, maybe to protect yourself to to to, to get to where you are. And so they've learned like, it's okay to treat you this way, right? Um, not that you wanted to be treated that way. That's not what it means, but they've learned that it's okay to treat you that way. So they do. And the only way they learn is by you setting those limits. So you set the limit and then you follow through and they're not going to like it. And if you have kids, you probably know, like if you say, Nope, you know, um, you didn't pick up your toys, so you're not getting the candy. Then you have to not give them the candy and they're going to have the meltdown and the tantrum and they're going to, you know, fight you. But, um, if you give in, right? They know, then they have learned, those kids have learned, okay, I just have to push mommy's button so much. And then she's going to let me have the candy. So they do that. And they keep doing it, keep doing it because they know, and they've learned from you that you eventually give in and give them the candy. And that's not what we wanted to teach them, right? So, you know, that's a way that it shows up with kids um, and the way it shows up with adults maybe uh, I've seen this in all different settings I've worked in an inpatient hospital I've worked with children specifically and so um, you know then it's with children and their parents and you know in private practice I've seen this in various ways and setting limits can be hard. Um, One of the things I saw when I was in um, inpatient hospital, for example, I would talk to families where maybe their um, adult child had been hospitalized numerous times. um, And due to their diagnosis and their mental health concerns, you know, they just had the the patient, the child had poor boundaries and the parent had poor boundaries. And, you know, for example, be at the the child the adult child wants or needs money you know they're always going to parent for help and the parents always giving them the help and then the child is always taking advantage of that help and never using that money for example to do the things they said they would do right so instead of paying for the apartment that they need or paying for the medication they need you know they buy drugs or they buy alcohol or they give it away or they spend it on frivolous things and then they can't pay their rent and they can't pay for their medicine et cetera, et cetera. and so the boundary for the parent maybe something like, I am not going to continue to pay for, to to pay you. You know, if you want money or if you want X, Y, or Z, these are the things that you're going to have to do. And that can be hard because the end result for some of those people is, well, then my child's going to be homeless. And that is hard. You know, that's a hard lesson for some parents, and that may be a little extreme, right? But the parent continuing to Give in and give money and um, help the pay, you know help the adult child hasn't helped them because the child has only learned I just have to go to mom and beg and plead my case and they will save me um, when unfortunately right maybe they do need to go to a homeless shelter maybe they do need to couch surf with their friends to really understand. Like, that mom's not gonna always bail me out. My mom loves me and my mom will invite me over for dinner and my mom will have me, but she's not gonna let me sleep at her house. That may be a boundary too. Like, you can come over, but you're not staying here. Um, so putting your children in a difficult position is often a place where parents don't wanna set a limit, they don't wanna set a boundary. Um, and I know, that, I know that that would be really difficult. And, um, you know, it's why we give in to kids when they're having their tantrums and they want the candy. You know, part of it is like, I just can't take your screaming anymore. And another part of it is, you know, but, oh, they're kids and I want them to have it. You know, but am I teaching them? Are they learning what they need to learn? Um, is your family, when you go to holiday get-togethers um, in the next, you know, on the several weeks coming up, um, you know, are they learning what you need them to learn? Like that they can't disrespect you. They can't treat you uh, poorly. So um, this could be you know, family asking just inappropriate questions, right? Like, when are you going to have a baby? Or when are you going to get married? Or when are you going to do X, Y, or Z? Or why haven't you done this? Or bringing up um, politics or religion or you know those topics that you know are just going to cause an argument. You, you can just say, no, I'm not going to answer that plain and simple. Um, another, like maybe more positive way of saying something would be, um, I really like the relationship that we have and I don't want to ruin it by having this conversation. So I'm just not going to talk about that right now. You know, if you want to keep your relationship the way it is by not broaching certain subjects or not talking about certain things, that would be an appropriate way to handle that. And even just, no, no, thank you. is also a good way to handle that. People may not like your answer, but it's not about them. It's about you. So that's the biggest thing I want you to take away from today is that the boundaries you set are about you, not about them. What is going to protect you? What is going to help you? What is going to to further you along is going to keep your sanity, is going to um, help you to remain positive and at peace that is what I want you to think about. And so I'm giving you permission to set those boundaries this holiday season or anytime, um, because you deserve it. You deserve to set boundaries. You deserve to feel good. So hopefully this was helpful talking a little bit about boundaries during the holidays. They can be stressful. And Hey, you know what? If you don't want to go, if you don't want to go to holiday, you know, dinner, don't go. And you can provide a, a reason or you don't have to provide a reason. Simple as I don't want to, can be good enough and again people don't really like those types of answers and they're gonna push back and you don't have to accept it Um, you can stand up for what you believe in and you can hold those boundaries and just know that as they get used to them they may be more accepting of them but until they get used to them they're not gonna like them just like your kids aren't gonna like that you say no candy or no screen time they're not gonna like that answer Uh, but you're doing it for a reason and that's what matters so good luck this holiday season. Put yourself first this year. You have permission to do that from me, but also yourself, you have permission to do that. So um, go ahead and give yourself that freedom to set boundaries with the people in your life that you care about, but maybe don't always care about you as much as they should. Have a good day and I'll see you next week for Cultivating Calmness.